Hey everyone, this is Julie. I'm the lead pastor at the Grove Church. Welcome to our message podcast. We are so glad you decided to listen in. For more information, visit our website, thegrovecommunity.net, and check out our Instagram, thegrovefc. But most importantly, we hope this message inspires you to take the next step in your faith journey. Enjoy! Good morning, everyone. Welcome to our first Facebook Live experience. We're so glad that you are here this morning. We're gonna give everybody a couple minutes to get on because technology can be hard. I am not the best at technology. In fact, this week I, I did our, our first live video giving us an update about the coronavirus. And um, as many of you saw, I couldn't figure out how to turn it off. So there was about a minute on the end where it was just me making funny faces and trying to figure out how to turn off the video. So this morning, I was not allowed to touch anything. The staff has been working behind the scenes to make sure that the video is working for you all. So welcome if you are joining us for the first time ever this morning. We are so glad that you are here, and we hope eventually to get to meet you in person here at our church location, which is 5236 Strauss Cabin Road. We'd love to meet you. Come in and join us and uh, say hi sometime. So I'm Pastor Julie, I am the lead pastor here at The Grove where it is our mission to love God, love people, and live out. We want to make our community better and stronger and healthier, and the way that we decided that we could do that the best this morning was by trying to flatten the curve and stop the spread of the coronavirus in our city and our nation, but we still wanted to get connected with everybody. So in the comments, we are gonna post a digital communication card. Here at The Grove, every Sunday, we do pass out these cards. We love to stay in touch with you. And so the most important thing is going to be for you to click on that link, fill out that communication card, put your name, your email address. We're not gonna bombard you with thousands of emails, but for instance, when there are rare things like, hey, we're going live and we're not having a physical church service and we can tell you an email, about stuff like that and let you know. So we would love for you to fill that out. There's also a spot for you to put any prayer requests that you have. Our staff loves knowing what's going on in your life, not because we're nosy, but because we can be praying for you and walk the journey with you through hard things that are going on in your life and also the really amazing things that are going on in your life. So please fill that out. And then at the bottom, there is a section for you to give. Uh, The Bible tells us to give a portion of our income and our resources back to the church so that we can do things like make a difference in our community during these times. And hopefully we're going to be able to support some families locally that are going to have their resources strapped because of job loss or their hours being cut. And so we'd love to be able to help our community locally. However, if you are just joining us for the first time, uh, we're just really glad that you're here, and so don't feel obligated to give. And in fact, if you can join us next time in person, we do have these fun little coffee mugs to pass out to you all, and there will be one waiting for you, hopefully the next time we join live uh, in person. So we are in our second week of our series called The Good Life. And if you're joining us for the first time this morning in this series, don't worry, we're gonna fill you in. You're not gonna be missing out on anything or be super confused. And um, so our series, The Good Life, sounds awesome, right? Sounds like something that we all want. And for us, this can look really different. So some of us, the good life is having vacations on the beach. Some of us, the good life is having vacations in the mountains. Some of us having a good life is being surrounded by tons of people having lots of social experiences. And then some of us, the good life is just 
hanging out with a few people that we love in the quietness of our home. So it looks different for all of us, but at the end of the day, we all want the good life. Yet, in today's season and things that we have going on right now in our nation, it can be really hard to figure out how do we actually live the good life because there are people that I know in town already that have lost their jobs, they're having their hours cut, uh, they're concerned about the overall economy and what's going to happen. They're concerned about their own health or the health of their loved ones, people that they know that are vulnerable, that have underlying health issues. And so we have all these concerns that are going on around us, but yet we wanna live the good life. And so what do we do with that tension that we feel? And so this morning we're talking about that. What does the Bible have to say to us this morning for what is going on specifically in our nation of how we can reconcile the tensions and yet this desire to have a good life. So there are these three books in the Bible that are called wisdom literature and together they come together to show us what it looks like to have a good life. And they all have a different theme, they all have a different mood and tone, but together they show us what it means to have a good life, and we need to hold them all together because they all have an important story to tell. So the first one is Proverbs. And Proverbs, if you think about it, I'm gonna use some glasses, okay? Proverbs are like this enthusiastic young teacher that believes that there are certain patterns in the world that if you follow, it'll lead to less drama. So do good, get good. And then Ecclesiastes is this book where there is this uh, sharp, really intelligent, critic, okay, he's kind of this middle-aged guy, and he's like, yeah, yeah, uh-huh, but life is not as always as easy about as that. Sometimes it can be a little bit messy. And then there's the third book, which is the book of Job, and the book of Job is coming from this perspective of this weathered old man. He's got some gray hair, maybe some hunched-over shoulders, and he's like, I've lived a long life, and I've learned a lot of things, and I want to tell you about these things that I have learned in the process. So last week, Pastor Nicole, she discussed Proverbs. If you missed it, you can always check it out on the podcast. And then this week, we are talking about Ecclesiastes, who is that cynic, that critic. And so here's how I like to imagine that Ecclesiastes came to be, okay? So the, the uh, really enthusiastic young teacher, okay? She's giving a lecture at CSU, and you're gonna have to use your imagination because I know that CSU is closed. But she's holding a lecture and she's saying, hey, listen, there are these patterns in life. There are these things that if you do good, you get good. If you follow these certain rules and regulations, it'll lead to less drama in your life. And if you do that, you will have a good life. And so all the students in the room, right, they're so excited. And, and, and like the, the scenery is all yellow and there's birds chirping and everybody is excited and has this feel good uh, feeling like when all the puppies are adopted in the evening news segment. And they're like, yes, this is gonna be awesome. I'm gonna have a good life. And then there is another professor who's been sitting in the audience. He's kind of in the back. And he's looking at her, and he's like, okay. All right, little Miss Sunshine. Tone it down a notch. And then he's like, I, I just, seriously, I got to put on, I got to put on my glasses because you are just like too bright, and you need to turn down the brightness. Because even though there are these patterns that we can follow, life is not always that easy and that simple. And he says, yes, those patterns are true, 
He says, yes, but. Yes, but. And Ecclesiastes is basically the yes, but of Proverbs. He is saying, listen, I have followed these rules. I have followed these patterns. And a lot of times they work and they lead to less drama and stress in my life. But every once in a while, life gets a little bit out of control. You want to control it, but you can't. And so what happens when somebody else isn't following those Proverbs and they really hurt you and mess up your own life? What happens when a giant tornado comes through Tennessee and ruins your house and all of your belongings? What happens when the coronavirus comes on the scene and it blows up your life? Ecclesiastes is addressing these really hard questions, ones that we've all had before. Why do good people seem to have life go poorly and bad people, they prosper? Why do Good people die young, and people that don't have their act together or, or aren't as kind live to be 102. Why, do I, why have I saved up all this money and invested it wisely and put it in the stock market only to have my portfolio plunge because of the coronavirus and what's going on? Like, What do we do in these times where we feel like we don't have any control over our life? In the writer of Ecclesiastes, he basically sums up how he is feeling like this. In Ecclesiastes 1.8, he says, everything is wearisome beyond description. No matter how much we see, we are never satisfied. No matter how much we hear, we are not content. Sometimes isn't this how you feel? That things are just wearisome beyond belief? And not even just right now with a national worldwide crisis, but sometimes just in your everyday life, you feel like things can be pretty wearisome. Life can be pretty wearisome. And so the author says, hey, listen, I got, I got frustrated with these things. I wanted do good, get good, to be right all the time, but it just wasn't. And so he says that he tried to get really controlling. That when he felt out of control, his response was to get more controlling. And we see this happening right now in our world. We, if you are any bit on social media, you have seen all of the memes and all of the comments and the pictures about there not being any toilet paper anywhere, okay? And this is people's response. They feel out of control and they're like, I, I, I've got to get control. I don't know what to do with my life. And so they buy 10 cases of toilet paper, because they are trying to control an uncontrollable situation. They are trying to deal with what happens when life throws you a curveball. Now, I know that we are all judging these people, but what if, what if we took a step back and said, hey, if you know somebody that's hoarding toilet paper, chances are they're not doing okay. The reality is, is chances are they're probably super anxious they're nervous and they're trying to control their life. And maybe rather than judging those people, we can have real conversations with them and say, hey, I'm concerned about you. Are, are you okay? Like, are you anxious? Do you need to talk? How can I pray for you? And then maybe after that, and you've been there and you've loved that person and you've showed up for them, then you can encourage them to get rid of a little bit of their toilet paper to people who might be out. So the author is saying, this is what I tried to do. Life seemed out of control, and so I tried to control it even more. And he says this in Ecclesiastes 1.16. He says, I said to myself, look, 
I have increased in wisdom more than anyone who has ruled over Jerusalem before me. So he's like, hey, listen, I'm going after wisdom. I'm gonna try to learn all I can, amass all the knowledge that I can so that I feel like I'm in a better place. Haven't we all done that before? And then he says, then I'm gonna work really hard too. I'm gonna try to control it by the amount that I'm working. And he says this in Ecclesiastes 2.10. He says, I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. My heart took delight in all of my labor, and this was the reward for all my toil. So he's like, listen, I went after it. I worked hard. I did all the things. And then because of that, I was able to buy lots of cool toys. And I had housekeepers, and I had cooks, and, and I was living the life. But still, still, here is how he felt. In verse 11, he goes on to say this. Yet... When I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless. A chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. He says, listen, it, it didn't work. I tried to control it. And I looked around and I thought, it's meaningless. It's not worth it. And so he decided at this point to kind of give up, to throw in the towel which isn't this something that we can relate to sometimes, right? Sometimes when life seems out of control and then we've tried to control it and it still doesn't go the way we want it to go, we just throw up our hands and we say, I'm done. And we've all seen people that have been here in their life, they're depressed, they're jaded, they're critical, they're cynical, and they've just given up. And some of you might be here right now. And as a church, we could have been here right now. Right, because we are growing, and we are on. We have all this momentum, and we're doing these really fun events. And this morning was supposed to be this outreach event called Grow with Me. It was going to be this fun kids event where we were inviting new families to come in and experience God, and for their kids to know that Jesus wants to be their forever friend, like the best message that you could possibly tell a young child. And then we had this um, snowshoeing event coming up on on Saturday where we were inviting our friends to come and join in on our community so that they could know that there's a group of people that love them and want what's best for them and want to fight for them and be their friend and introduce them to Jesus. And we had all these people that had never come to the church before that were coming to this event. And now most likely it's going to have to be canceled. And you can imagine how we were feeling as a staff and as a church going, you just kind of want to give up, right? Like you're working so hard after these things and you can't control them and you want to throw in the towel. But yet, we decided that we had two options, that we could give up or we could get in the game and we could stay present and we could show up for our lives and show up for you all. And so we scrambled to figure out how to do a Facebook Live experience and to get you guys connected and to be doing things during the week to get you guys to engage with each other. And we're gonna be sharing resources throughout the week since we can't see you personally. And right now, it is not the time to give up. It is not the time to check out of your life. There is so many ways that we could be the church right now in our community. And I am seeing these things on like the Nextdoor app for people's communities and just on their Facebook. I am so encouraged by the way that humanity, most of it, is responding. They're saying, hey, I have extra Clorox wipes. I have extra toilet paper. Who needs it? 
hey, I'm going to the grocery store later today. Are there any elderly people or people that are vulnerable because of health concerns that need me to pick up groceries for them? Church, this is what we can do. We can show up for the people that are around us. And we can call people that are vulnerable and are not gonna be going outside as much because they're probably lonely. And we can call our single friends, that is everybody's kind of honkering down with their families. Maybe they're lonely because they don't have a spouse or they, their family's out of town. We can call, um, call our grandmas, call our grandpas. We can write letters to people that are in nursing homes because they're kind of shutting down the doors and trying to prevent visitors. There are ways that we can show up and not give up right now in our community. Rather than looking at what we can't control and saying, you know what, let's just check out. But then, after a while of this critic, this author saying, I gave up, here is what he goes on to say. In verse five, or chapter five, verse 18, he says, even so, and you kinda go, oh, well, that's a little bit of a different language, okay? Even so, I have noticed one thing, at least, that is good. You're like, really? In all, like, in all of life, you've just noticed one thing? But hey, we'll take it because your book is a little depressing up until this point, okay? So we'll take the one good thing. And that is, it is good for people to eat, drink, and enjoy their work under the sun during the short life God has given them and to accept their lot in life. And it is a good thing to receive wealth from God and the good health to enjoy it, to enjoy your work and accept your lot in life. This is indeed a gift from God. God keeps such, such people so busy enjoying life that they take no time to brood over their past. And if you're anything like me, when I read through the entire book of Ecclesiastes to prepare for this message, I got to this point and I kind of went, wait, what? I'm, seriously? The whole time you've been saying, everything is meaningless. I've seen all this stuff and it's out of control and it's pointless and life is terrible and then we're all gonna die and we're all just a blip in, in humanity and we're all just a speck and nobody's gonna remember us. I mean, and partly that's true, right? I, I can't even remember my great-grandmother's name. I mean, how many of you, some of you might, and actually, if you're listening, go ahead. If you know your great-grandmother's name, show off and put it in the comments. And if my mom's watching, she was trying to figure out Facebook Live, I'm really sorry that I don't remember your grandmother's name. I will apologize for that later. But right, isn't this true? Life is crazy, life is messy, and then we all die. But then he's saying, but listen, Listen, he's saying, I am not contradicting myself. As much as you think that maybe I am, I am not contradicting myself because sometimes bad things happen to good people and that stinks and we have to deal with that. And sometimes life gets really messy. But, but, at the end of the day, since all those things are true, you might as well work really hard and enjoy the life that God has given you. And the crazy thing is, is that he doesn't just say this once in Ecclesiastes. One time you could like maybe not pay attention to it, but I counted. 
he says something like this seven times in this book. Now imagine if the author was a father and he had a teenage kid, okay? The first time he said this, life's a little crazy, so you might as well enjoy it. The teenager would be like, oh, that, that's good. That's good advice, dad. I'll keep that in mind. And then as their conversation, the lecture keeps going and the dad said it like three or four times and the teenager starts really checking out and rolling his eyes and he's like, oh my gosh, right, stop. But then after the seventh time that the father has said this, the teenager is going, I get it, dad, okay? Like, I get it, calm down, stop. And the writer and the author would be saying to his son, no, I had to say it seven times because I don't think that you get it. In church and people that are listening online and new people, I'm not sure that we do get it either. And this is the reason he has to say it so many times because yes, life can be hard and yes, life can be stressful and there are things that we cannot control. But in the meantime, what would it look like if we still tried to enjoy it? And I don't know about you, but the first time that I heard this and I thought about having to preach it, it seemed a little bit unspiritual, right? That there's this tension of, but that seems, I don't know, is that, is that really what we're supposed to do in our life? That even though it's stressful that we're supposed to enjoy it? And, and the Bible is saying, yes, you can't control life, so you might as well try to enjoy it, which is a very different message than what we have heard about if we grow up in church hearing this phrase, everything is meaningless. And here, I want to blow all your minds of you people that are sitting in your couch in your PJs or sitting in your kitchen eating lunch or maybe half listening in because your kids are crazy and you don't have childcare right now. But here's the thing. This word, meaningless, when it says life is meaningless, we have heard that and has been translated meaningless. But that word, that they translate into meaningless, the Hebrew word for that is actually hevel. And it doesn't mean meaningless. And here's why this is important. That word actually means vapor, breath, smoke. And so what the author is saying in this book is that life, it's not meaningless. What he's saying is life is like smoke. Life is like smoke because you can't actually grasp it. No matter how hard you try, even though smoke can sometimes be so thick that it looks like you could grasp it, you can't. And just like clouds in the sky can at one point maybe paint a pony and then the wind blows and then the next thing around, it's painting a giraffe. You can't always control it. It, it moves and it shifts and you think you know what it means, but you don't. And then sometimes, just like in a whiteout situation, it can be so thick that it can just surround you and overwhelm you. And that is a very different meaning than life is meaningless. What the author is saying is life is like smoke. You can't grab onto it. You can't control it. It doesn't always make sense. And so because of that, you might as well enjoy your life. Another way he says it is like this in Ecclesiastes 6, 9. He says, enjoy what you have rather than desiring what you don't have. Just dreaming about nice things is meaningless, like chasing after the wind. 
here's what he's saying, enjoy what you have. And this is really relevant for us right now as a lot of us are trying to be socially isolated, we're trying to stay in our houses and we can't be continuing to, to build wealth and to be busy and do all of these things. This is timely advice right now, right? Enjoy what you have. Go through your house. What do you have in it that you could enjoy? Bust out those board games that you haven't played in a really long time. Get out your sewing kit and your crochet stuff that you went on a craft binge on two years ago. Bust out your power tools and make something awesome. If you have a dog, cuddle your dog. If you have kids, spend extra time with your kids making moments. If you have a marriage and you have a spouse, Spend extra time that you would normally be spending doing social activities and going out and about and take that time in the evening to be really intentional, right? Focus on what you have. Enjoy what you have. And then he goes on to say it another way. In Ecclesiastes 8.15, he says, so I recommend having fun because there is nothing better for people in this world than to eat, drink, and enjoy life. That way, they will experience some happiness along with all the hard work God has given them under the sun. Have fun. Do things that you enjoy. Take this extra time that you have while we're trying to stay socially isolated to maybe go on a hike or get out that puzzle. Find things that you enjoy that you can Take this time where you don't have a lot of control and you can have some fun. Now listen, I am not trying to downplay the financial crisis that some of you are feeling. And I'm not trying to downplay that people are gonna get sick. And I guarantee you I won't be calling people in the hospital that end up getting the coronavirus and saying, hey, life's really hard, so you might as well enjoy your coronavirus. Like, enjoy that flu, enjoy that fever. That, no, that's not what I'm talking about. And I'm not gonna be saying that to all the people in the medical community that are working double shifts and they're exhausted, like just have fun. I understand that there are hard times. And in fact, the writer of Ecclesiastes addresses that and he says that there's a time to mourn and that's okay. But for the rest of us that are kind of just feeling inconvenienced right now and don't know what to do with all of our free time, this is a great way for us to say, hey, We can't control it, so we might as well try to enjoy it. We might as well try to be a blessing to those that are around us. We might as well do fun things, like if we're parents, let your kids stay up late. You heard it from me. Teenagers, get your parents to let you stay up late. Have the popcorn. Stay up till midnight. And what would it would be like, okay, if right now your kids saw not your fear and your anxiety, But if they saw you saying, you know what, you can't control life, so we might as well enjoy this extra time that we have as a family. And what if, rather than them looking back at this time, like stress and anxiety and, oh, the coronavirus, if it was like this beautiful time that they had with you as a family, that it was one of the most fun memories that they had because their entire family stopped all of the chaos and the busyness and probably some things that don't really matter at the end of the day and focused on bunkering in as a family and being present, being with each other, that that is what we could make today and these next couple of weeks be. What would it look like if we as a community said, you know what, 
We can't control life, so we might as well enjoy it. And we might as well be a blessing to those people that are around us. We might as well pray as a family and as couples and as individuals for the medical community and for the hospitals as they are gonna be having, be overwhelmed with people. We might as well be praying for those kids that rely on school lunches, those families that rely on school lunches that they get the funding and the money that we need. We might as well be praying and fighting for those people. We can do these two things together because we can't control life. And the coronavirus has shown us this, that really, we are never in control to begin with. And God is, and he's gonna continue to be in control, and since we can't control things, we might as well enjoy our life. And so, as the weeks go on, uh, next week we're gonna be back here. We are gonna be back here live. We would love for you to join us, and we would love for you to invite your friends to say, hey, Um, I know that you've maybe had questions about the Grove Church, and hey, you don't even have to come. You just get to like experience it online in your PJs, and that's legit, right? So encourage them to come and um, come watch it online. And then over this next week, we're gonna be giving you guys resources, things to do if, if, if you're single with your friends and things to do if you're married with your spouse to really try to have fun and take advantage of these opportunities. We're gonna give you some resources for what to do with your kids all day long, okay? So yesterday was my third day in of like social isolation and it was 9 a.m. and I was going, oh my word, what in the word am I going to do for 10 hours, 10 more hours? So if you're there with me, feel ya, feel ya. Let's all send each other encouraging messages that we can do this, that we can do hard things. And so we're gonna send you some resources of things to do with your families, and we just wanna encourage you. We are here, if you are anxious, if you're nervous, if you have people that you know that need things, that need food, please reach out to us. We are the church, we're gonna be the church. It is our time and our moment to step up and be the best versions of ourselves, and to be the best version of our church so that we can help people see that faith is stronger than fear, and to help them to take a deep breath and maybe enjoy this time of social isolation. Um, The other thing that we do, we wanna encourage you on, is that we thought, hey, we usually worship together, but obviously there's no band here. So we have made up a playlist for you that we can all worship together after we get off of this live call, and you can listen to those songs. Um, We're gonna post that in the comments, and you can click on that and worship along, and we can worship with that corporately in the coziness of our own home. So will you pray with me as we wrap up this morning? God, thank you that you have given us the church to be the hope of the world. And now is the time as a church to even if we are scared and we are anxious and we are fearful, to take those concerns to you to turn them into prayers. That we would remember that you are in control. That we would remember that worrying isn't gonna change any of our outcomes. It's just gonna stress us out but we pray that we would be a church that says we are passionate about making our community healthier and stronger. And some of the ways that we can do that is by finding out who needs help, by dropping off a meal on somebody's doorstep that ends up getting sick, is by checking in with our people that we know that are in the medical field and saying, hey, we are praying for you. How are you? Do you need anything? We pray that this would be a time for us to rise up 
and to bring light to the shadows, to be the hope that people need. And that in the midst of this time, that we would remember since there's nothing we can do, that we are out of control, that we might as well do what the writer of Ecclesiastes told us to do, which is to enjoy the life that God has given us, to take some actions to do that, to have fun, and to take advantage of the things that we already have. God, I pray that we would rise up together as a strong community, making our community literally healthier and spiritually healthier and emotionally healthier. In your name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening to our message podcast. Are you local? We would love for you to join us in person on Sunday. We have tons of fun at our services. If you liked this podcast, take a moment to subscribe. You can click the share button and share it with a friend or take a screenshot and post it on your Instagram or Facebook. And hey, always remember, you are loved.